Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I would like to formally apologise for the audio as we are trying to record over rural Wi-Fi, which is proving to be particularly difficult. So we hope you enjoy all the same and hope you're really well. How would you describe Rider Imposter Syndrome, please, Verena? The fear of not being worthy of the space you're taking up, maybe. But in like an equestrian riding, like an equestrian world. Yeah, so the same thing. So like you you go into like a 60 course and you're like, oh, I can't do this. I won't make the double stride. Or you go to move up a dressage level and you think I'm not good enough for this. My horse isn't ready for this. I can't do a square enough halt. So rather than it's it's not so it's not comparing yourself to others. It's more just having complete doubt in yourself and your own abilities. Exactly. Or it's comparing yourself to others part of it. I would say comparing yourself to others is a section of it, but I think it stems from not having enough like self assurance in what you do. And then you can compare later on. But I think the difficulty with comparing is that everyone's in different lines, like different areas. You know, like, for example, you might be running a mare or you might be only eventing. Whereas climbing up the ranks, you can kind of second guess what people might think about you climbing up the ranks rather than the comparison mm-hmm. across the sphere. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Do you get it at all? And if you do, why? <laughs> uh yeah i get it all the time um because i fear that people or i'm aware that people might say that i don't know what i'm doing if i try and progress up the ranks so at the beginning Mm. of this year or like may time i went from prelim to uh, sorry i went from novice to elementary in dressage and I felt like doing the elementary, people were going to comment on my dressage paper and say, you should stay at novice. Whereas they don't. They just say, Mm. need to work on, you know, whatever, flexion and bend and all the rest of it, Mm. which is fine. Wow, if they said that, they should not be judging. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like saying to somebody, you're not at A-level result. You're not at A-level level go back to GCSE level. You just wouldn't say that. You'd just say practice a bit more. You get it? Yes. I wouldn't have known that it was a thing as in like, I wouldn't have given it a name, but now that you've just described what it is, then yes, I definitely get it. And I'd be surprised if somebody, if people don't get it, it's that I think it's just a natural thing to have self doubt, especially in this kind of world, like a question world. And yeah, no, I definitely get it. I'm just trying to think of a situation of when I would get it. Similar to you, it's just going going up the levels is always daunting. And if you have the self-doubt, it's almost like whatever happens in the outcome is is still an achievement because you had that original self-doubt that you couldn't even do it. So even if you go out and complete it, then it's still better than you actually thought kind of thing. So like you can't fail almost unless you just don't go and do it. That's how I see it. Interesting. Whereas I would say you shouldn't go and that's do it until you're perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's also my kind of mindset as well, especially with dressage. But with jumping, which is the phase that I'm more confident in, I'll happily go out and just give an 80 centimetres a go rather than in dressage, I wouldn't just go out and do a prelim because I know that I'm 
can like 80% of the time pick up the right cantilede and I just won't, wouldn't go do it because I know I'm going to fail. Whereas I've never done an 80 centimetre course, but the thought of knocking a pole, I'm like, it doesn't really matter. It's just, we're just having a go at it. Strange. Whereas I would say each dressage judge is different. So you can't control how they're going to judge you, but you mm. can control how you as an individual and your horse get over a jump by the position that you go into the jump. And so I would feel like I was yeah. more likely I was more likely to fail in that regard. Whereas if I got a four for an unsquare halt, that's personal opinion because some people don't give high results for a, for a halt and some people don't give low results for a halt. So it's it's like an uncontrollable mm. element of it. Mm. It's weird. Mm. That's so true, and that's the whole dress up thing. Yeah, really weird. So do you think that like, your personal life would affect? it as well or is it purely just riding so if say if you're like tired or it's your time of the month or anything like that do you think that then brings into doubting yourself even more or is it just purely a riding thing and that's it it definitely period of like time of the month period cycle i leading into my period cycle i'm massively critical of myself self-critical so that would then result in me not wanting to commit. So for example, if I need to enter a competition or want to enter a competition, when I feel the buzz about entering competition, I need to enter it straight away. Otherwise I'm then, I would just go into a cycle of self-deprecation and just never enter the competition. And you could Mm. then get yourself into a downward cycle Mm. of just never doing anything. The same with a lesson. Like if I feel like the last lesson I went to was really bad then when I then get the, oh, I really want a lesson again, Buzz, I need to just book it straight away. Otherwise, I'm never going to do a lesson again. And I get myself into this completely and utterly over-engulfing cycle of just being like, you're never going to be good enough. (laughs) It's really annoying. (laughs) Yeah, I've literally just done that today. I saw a dressage competition come up on like a venue near me and I was like, oh yes, perfect. Let's go do an intro B. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, nope, nope, no, no, no. I've just completely talked myself out of it. Like eight hours later, like I should have just bloody entered this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but now, no, it's too far gone in my head. I'm like, no, we're not ready. I just, there's no point because you know, blah, 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 blah. And then that's it gone. Talked myself completely out of it. I lost all confidence and that's, I probably won't enter now. So stupid so annoying but i guess it's that thing of you have to remember like processes of getting out of it i would say nobody knows where i am and my horses like unless if they are in my lesson with me Mm -hmm. they don't know how well he went in a lesson Mm -hmm. b Mm. i'm never going to progress if i stay in the same position and then i'm going to beat myself up about not progressing and then i'm never going to be able to move Mm -hmm. to the next stage if or stay at the same place but become more confident with it if I don't keep doing it. Yeah, but following on from nobody else knows at what stage you're at. Also, the horse doesn't care what on earth they're doing. They just want to go out and have some fun. So you're only so when you said earlier, oh, you know, you feel like you're letting Oscar down if you go out or something like that. He doesn't care, does he? He's not bothered. He just wants to go out and have some fun and do some jumping and do a bit of dressage. Whereas you've got to think about them as well. You can't just completely just take let your emotions take over because then it's going to take over them as well. And also, if you have spent a lot of time with your horse learning about something, you know, learning to pick up the right cantilever or learning how to get over the, see a stride or whatever it is don't waste it like go and show it off show Mm. some other people like how great it is 
and also test the waters in the mm. same way that you would always take yourself into a situation that you're not comfortable with before you went for a job interview or you might even do a recce and drive past the job that you're going to get a job interview for go and do a competition yeah, that you know where you're going yeah go and do a competition just to see what it's like and then you can learn from your mistakes yeah. But I'm all about that for everybody else. But no, not for me. I know. I'm always like the one to give out advice, but then never take my own advice. I'm so annoying. Yeah. I'm <laughs> um, so how do, you, how do you sort of get yourself, how do you snap yourself out of it then and sort of give yourself a bit of a wake-up call? I would probably say my coping strategy is to, when I get the buzz, enter a competition straight away or something yeah. or write in my diary when, in my phone, when the competition entries open so i might be looking at it but the competition entries don't open for another two weeks but if you write it in your i write it in my phone then i know to go back on that particular day similarly uh if you end up in a position where you're like actually i don't really know like what's my goal plan what are we doing here i would then probably just rein it right back and just go hacking for a week. And then I'd probably get to the end of my yeah. week hacking oh. and be like, I want to do something else now. And then you get yourself back into the cycle yeah. being like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I like that. I like the whole throw a spanner in the works and just, just do hacking and then, then see how you feel. Because like you say, you're only going to come back probably more determined than before, if anything. Yeah. Um, that's a really good idea. I like that one. What do you do? Uh, I'd probably moan to my husband for about three days about how I'm useless and not going to go anywhere in life. <laughs> um, and then I'll have, and then one thing that I am good at is booking lessons quite regularly. So then once I've had a lesson, then I get, then I just, like you say, stay on that sort of like buzz, stay on the hype. And then that night I'll try and go and like book something in for the following week or something. So then you've had your lesson, you're still feeling really good about it and you're confident. So then you enter and then, yeah once you've entered it's all right it's almost like oh the weight's off my shoulder i've done the hard part of entering it's like no you still gotta go do the actual competition but it's like oh thank god i've done it like we've entered it's like so exhausting it is it's that mental responsibility but, um, or reminding to actually go and do the go and do the entering because mm, i can go months mm, without doing a competition mm. And the other thing that I find quite funny is that I will enter if somebody else recommends something, even if I don't think it's a good idea. So like a friend of mine said, uh, go and do this hunter trial. And I just booked it without even thinking. And then another friend said, go and, do, go and do this show jumping. And I've just booked it. And then it's almost like external validation. Like if somebody else says this will be a really good idea, <laughs> go for it. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so and if my instructor turned around, I was like, "Oh, um, go do a prelim seven, just go get it entered." I'm like, "What a great idea! Well, fantastic!" <laughs> and of then I'll go book on and do it. But then if I was scrolling through and saw saw that, I'd be like, "What? No, not a chance! Like, why would I ever go and do that?" But then, like you say, and somebody else's like opinion and evaluation of us is so much more valuable than my own self worth. Like, it's ridiculous. Which is so twisted because like later on, later on in the night, like when you're lying in bed, absolutely panic stricken of what you're going to do the next day, they're not there to be like, don't mm. worry, it's okay. Mm. Mm. So do, when you turn up for a competition, are you still feeling like 
you're not good enough or if you overcome it by then or like how, how what are you feeling when you're like warming up no then i'm like there's a high potential that i'm gonna fall off have i got everything <laughs> in line that's okay <laughs> And I'm ready. Yeah. And then you've got the thing of thinking, am I wearing the right clothes? Am I doing this right? Mm. Does my, do my brown and my brown leather look similar? Do they match? Have I even tacked up correctly? Mm. I've been tacking up for 25 years. Am I still tacking up correctly? And, and you get that <laughs> whole spiral of, of like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you go in. I always go, I never really go into the, to the event before I like enter so i will probably go into the warm-up with oscar i don't really ever unless i need the loo i don't really tend to go in without him and then it's that awkward thing of thinking yeah are we all going to the same arena is somebody else going to a different arena am i going to follow the wrong person and then they always like organizers always tell you it's super tight like make sure you come for the time you're going to come for and then you get there and they're like way earlier way later on time (laughs) and it's that vicious cycle of being like I am not ready for this kind of change. We need a bit more yeah. notice. <laughs> yeah. Or when you've like you're doing a show jump and then you're like show jump competition and then you've warmed up, you've done a few fences and then they're like, oh, so you've got 15 minutes still to go. You think, oh right, well I was ready to go in now. I'll just walk around for 15 minutes. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I yeah. also hate it when like when Liam comes with me and then if there's a delay or. So one time they've been running ahead by like 20 minutes. So I just went in because I thought I'm just going to want to get this over and done with. And he was still sat in the, sat in the horse box. Like he missed the entire round. So that was really handy. And then the next time, but they were running like 20 minutes behind and he was just absolutely fuming with me as if it was all my fault. I was like, oh God, it's so stressful bringing a spectator with you. That's one thing that I really like about COVID is how strict they are with spectators. It's like, uh, oh thank God, nobody's like relying on me right now to just pull it out the bag. Just want to go and have some fun with my pony. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for having a supporter though, because I can then distract myself by talking to them and not really think about it and just be like yeah i think we go here well i don't know oh it'll be fine and you get kind of this like alter ego mm. of like trying if the team really you're just having a conversation it. with yourself yeah yeah you just end up having a complete conversation with yourself and then what i do so when when like liam's driving me i'm just talking and then about halfway there after i haven't shown up the entire way obviously that's all that's all nerves as well so, but I just think, oh, that's, uh, it must be so annoying for him. I'm just blabbering on about literally anything that pops into my head. I'm just ver- like verbal diarrhea. I'm just, I can't stop. It's just such a bad nervous habit that I have. So now I'm just trying to like sit there really silently then for the rest of the, so one half of the journey is like me just not shutting up. And then the other half is just me complete silence because I realise how annoying I've been. <laughs> it's a weird like combination. <laughs> Whereas oh, I'm just God. silent the whole time. My nerves don't result in me talking. They result in me not saying anything and churning over in my head. So I'll sit for silent, like literally for hours yeah. in silence, just churning over whatever I'm doing. Like, will I ever get over a, ju- a jump? Like, you know, if we're going cross country training, I'll be like, I won't get through the water. I just won't get through the yeah. water. And then no doubt I'll have to go into hospital and then it'll all go wrong. And then Oscar will be taken away from me for a, for a welfare case. And then we'll all be crying. And then what am I going to do? Who am I going to tell? How do I communicate that? And then reality, Oscar's like, yeah, oh, where's the God. water? Yeah, pop in, pop out. I'm like, what? I have so many different ideas of how this is going to work. I know, like an hour later, you're just driving home like, well, that was no big exaggeration. Everybody's fine. <laughs> We're on our way home. That was Drama. boring. There's no story for that one. 
<laughs> and I had everything planned in my head about my death, and now here we are. <laughs> Absolutely fine. I had my, I had my news article. I had my heading. I had the photo they would choose. <laughs> Literally. Oh, funny. I don't know. Some people say that nerves is a really good measure of your like commitment to the particular thing, like nerves because you care. But I'm, if, I'm honest with you. It's not nerves because I care. It's nerves because I over, I put too much pressure on myself. Yeah, I agree with that. I've gone off that saying. I used to say it to people to like make them calm down, but I don't believe it myself. Like if I ever say that to anyone, I don't believe me. I don't believe that at all. That's not true. Nerves is literally just the amount of pure, like you say, actual pressure to do well on yourself. And the disappointment that you'll feel when you don't do well is even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's horrid. But I'm a perfectionist. Mm. I'm only a perfectionist for myself. Like, no one else needs to win or lose or anything. I'm just a perfectionist for myself. Mm. Like, you could, get, you could get 12 faults, say, for example, and if I was with you, like, supporting you, I'd be like, that was amazing! He, like, he listened to your laugh, yeah. you, got, you got to the end, you went over the scary jump. Whereas if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, but I got 12 faults, nothing else matters. Like, what are you talking about? Whereas yeah. in reality, yeah. you have to look at it in perspective. Like, yeah, he did get over that really scary jump. Or, yeah, he did do whatever. And it's always the ones, I always find that it's the oh, ones that's... when you're not thinking about it that go really well. When you haven't had the stupid overthinks, overthoughts, overthinks, oh my God, overthoughts <laughs> in your head. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing, wasn't it? And, and yeah, and you just go in there like la di da di da But I think the more you do it, the less nervous you do get. Um, I've just Googled imposter syndrome, so I just want to know what the actual definition of it is. <laughs> I love doing this. And it's basically an individual that doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalised fear of being exposed as a fraud. And I think that's literally what we've just hit the nail on the head, haven't we? Being, yeah. being a fraud is like you just don't deserve to be there and like yeah you just feel like you don't deserve to be in that current position where you are and that you've sort of got there by luck instead rather than actual hard work and determination yeah definitely I feel about that about most of my stuff actually yeah you can relate you can put it into any situation really can't you like career relationship horse literally anything yeah she says, thinking about all the things that she would add that to. <laughs> I'm a fraud. I've got, I've got to go. <laughs> yeah. I've got things to sort out. Bye now. <laughs> I've got to sort out my fraudster vibe. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be very surprised if like, um, we, picked, we spoke to 10 different riders and not, sort of not all of them hadn't at some point in their riding career felt this way though i'd be surprised at that i feel everybody gets it whether it's whether even it's with riding it doesn't even have to be riding whether it's like looking like looking after the horse or like tack cleaning or anything like that there'll be some part of it where they think mm, i'm gonna doubt myself here or even just owning a horse like knowing yeah how where you should get a horse from loaning a horse like all of it whether or not it's the right bedding all that kind of thing totally agree and I think it's different as well because it, there's an animal involved. It's a little bit stronger than, say, like a sport with no animal, for example, hockey. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. Um, 
yeah because because you you've got their welfare to think of as well whereas in hockey or football or something like that you can just be like yeah slight imposter syndrome but i've got myself here and it's not really fraud because i am good at it whereas when it's like bringing an actual animal into the situation you, but like you're there for a reason and that's because you you love horses so you can't doubt it because you just wouldn't be in that situation if if you weren't capable of it yeah and i think you the other thing is you have a team so a team a really good team can support somebody who isn't necessarily really good mm. and they can carry you into, mm. you know, say for example, you are only good at goalkeeping. You could still be part of that mm. team, but if you're only good at hoof picking, hoof picking out, picking out hooves, uh, you could self doubt alongside something else because you wouldn't necessarily, um, like you wouldn't necessarily be able to vote for other things. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you, mm. but as a team, you yeah. can carry the whole thing across. Mm. But you and your horse are the best team. It's you. What's your horse? Equals three. Yeah, everyone. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my permission slip to you is you're okay. You can feel it. You're not alone. I actually, one tip that I have used recently is writing down the things that I have done which have got me to that particular space. Oh, so, I like that. That's good. So for example, like I have successfully spotted that my horse is lame. I have uh, managed to get some qualifications. I have got a university degree. I have whatever. And then you can look at those and be like, mm. okay, that's fine, but I can fall back on these things. So I can fall back on mm. whatever. Going on for that, you shouldn't compare yourself because I shouldn't compare myself to you because you've got all your BHS levels. Like you can spot when your horse is lame, things like that. Like, but I can do other things that you probably can't do. Can't think of any right now. But comparing yourself is not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> I would also say that you can compare yourself. If you want to compare yourself competitively, go for it. But don't compare yourself mm. to their end goal, to your beginning or you, they're beginning to your end goal. Like, it's not fair to look at, in exactly the same yeah. thing as somebody being at GCSE level and you're comparing them to your degree level or the other way around. Like, it's just not a feasible thing. If they're doing exactly the same thing and they've got mm. exactly the same horse clone as you and they were in exactly the same team and they were exactly the same human being with all the emotions, you're very welcome to compare yourself to them. But be fair. Yeah, and there's no harm in thinking that you're alone in having rare imposter syndrome, but I guarantee you that you are not, and everybody feels it. And it's completely normal, completely normal to feel like that. So whenever you're having a bad day and doubting yourself, just remember that everyone feels like that, everyone has those days. And think, try get a method in your head of how you can get out of it. And on that note, we will leave it there for today. Let us know how you feel, how you guys, um, if you have any tips on how you get rid of your rider imposter syndrome, uh, it'd be really helpful to let us know. And we can share the love and support each other. We're on the same boat and um, we, we got each other's backs, basically. So yeah, we will see you at next week's podcast. Bye! Thank you for listening to this week's Northern Natters episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We, mainly me, because I'm doing the outro. Verena, but hey-ho. Uh, I'm sure Emily also sends her Thanks and regards. If you'd like to tag us, please do, on social media. Uh, Verena is Girl About the Yard and Emily is Peak Transition. 
We can be found doing Instagram stories daily and creating more ruckus there online. If you did enjoy it, please don't hesitate to review us. Any kind words or words of encouragement are very much appreciated. We are looking forward to producing, again, I say we, I speak for both of us, I'm sure Emily agrees, to chatting about more exciting topics and we'll see you later on in the season. Bye!